am I supposed to change? Am I supposed to change? Are you supposed to change? Yeah, the snakes. Love it. And I was a little nervous at first, but then once I started to handle them, I realized that they're really beautiful creatures. They're actually pretty gentle, and they're very sexy. And I liked that, and I felt that they could represent me well for the album. You know, they're a bit mysterious, they're a bit dangerous. The ones that I'm handling are very real. We had 10 pythons, and we had 40 smaller snakes that are crawling on the ground in some of the scenes, and they're real. The songs speak about relationships, all kinds of relationships, bad ones, good ones. There's even a song that speaks about an abusive relationship, so we touch on a lot of different subjects. Sleep on the wrong side, catching the bad fire, and it's contagious. What's the latest? Speak your heart, don't bite your tongue. Don't get it twisted, don't misuse it. What's your problem? Let's resolve it. We can solve it. What the cause is, it's official. You got issues, I got issues, but I know I miss you. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome back to a Carefree Black Nerd show that has been pretty much on hiatus for a year. This is the pool. My goodness, man. It's good. Good to be back. Good to be back. So, um, diving right into the comics. Um, so I've been catching up on Dawn of X, I guess is the, I don't know if we're still in Dawn of X, but we did House of X, Powers of Ten, moved on to Dawn of X, which was the new status quo, and then like a bunch of different events here and there. I am still so severely behind, it is not even funny, so all of you fellow mutants out there, do not judge me, do not judge me, <laughs> um, I'm a couple weeks behind, well, about a week, whatever. I've been reading some stuff. So the last like full pool week that I've consumed um, was uh, maybe two weeks ago. And they were all X books. And I will be discussing those. Those issues. Am I supposed to change? Are you supposed to change? <laughs> um, but let's get into some news. So there's been a few things going on. One, Aaliyah's discography is hitting it has a rollout um i don't know the specifics like with her uncle and her estate versus her family and the rights to the music and streaming and whatnot but i do know that there has been a um kind of rollout of her music i think um all of her albums timberland and magoo's album there i think there's a tony braxton album or a few and then some of tank's music again i don't know the specifics um music music twitter or whatever if you know hit me up uh hashtag the pool cbn and let me know but um i saw an infographic about a couple weeks ago that was explaining the different dates in which some of her albums would be released uh, i think romeo must die just released let me look this up while i'm yapping my gums but the one that i'm waiting for is self-titled because uh Leah, man I, let me go on record as saying I don't need to wait for any of these because I have every single CD. Uh, <laughs> yes, kids, we had CDs back in the day. But just having access to her music is ugh, goodness. Um, so One in a Million is out. Um, At Your Best, You Are Love. I think this is the single and all the remixes. That's out. AJ, Nothing But a Number. 
Um, are you that somebody? That single is out. Uh, the things I like. Uh, agent number to number. Down with the click. So there's a few things. Um, and then I am looking on title because I'm subscribed to title. I'm confused. <laughs> so again, music Twitter or music IG or wherever you listen, music lovers, let me know. Is there a rollout on every platform? Because I saw some screenshots of self-title and I don't believe that's scheduled to be out yet. Either way, long story short, Aaliyah's music is rolling out. So <laughs> stream 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 <laughs> um so get into a little bit of comic news so there is <sighs> tim drake this is a couple weeks old but tim drake is bisexual and i'm gonna keep it short old fanboys and fangirls are upset you fuck with the status quo why would you make him gay why is it yeah <laughs> all of that i <sighs> What I say to them is, okay, I'll say this. Everyone pretty much has their own particular version of a character that is like their character. That is my definitive rogue. That's my definitive Batman. That's my definitive Wonder Woman, et cetera, et cetera. And usually it's like the run that you were introduced to them on or your favorite run as a child or whatever. But things change and that's what's so weird to me when it comes to the comics community like it's one thing to have issue with something i mean everything art imitates art life art is um meant to be uh dissected and discussed and create conversations and whatnot but i just oh i think it's so weird when you get upset that a character is now gay or pan or queer or handicapped or whatever because it's like your your favorite runs of this character still exist you can still consume this character prior to the change. Also, with the nature in which comics are run, this change could probably be retconned within the next creative team. So it's like, I don't know, man. It just seems very weird to get upset because someone is including other identities into their world. Because for the argument to be, well, why don't you just make new characters, this and that? Okay, let's say we do make a new Robin. And let's say this Robin is called Jimmy James. And Jimmy James is introduced in 2021 in some fantastic Batman room. But Jimmy James happens to be gay or queer or bi or pan or something. How many people are going to latch on this character outside of those who are in the marginalized identity that I've just listed? And then how many of these fanboys and fangirls who are so upset at Tim Drake are going to lose their shit complaining that why you got to shove this down our throat? We don't need this person to be gay. We don't need to know their sexual identity, this and that. It's the same old conversation we keep having over and over and over again. I just find it very boring that you're upset about a character. Tim Drake is one of like 6,000 Robins. And I'm not a Batman Robin stan. However, I've seen countless arguments in favor of Tim Drake being uh, canonically bisexual. And it's the same issue that comes up with people like Kitty Pride and other characters where... When you're reading and consuming comics, if you're not part of a particular identity, okay, wait, let me, because I, I want to make sure I'm getting this out as succinctly as possible. There's been the Comics Code Authority. There's been so many rules and regulations around putting certain imagery, certain 
ideals, certain identities into comics. And when you have the privilege of being a cisgendered person who consumes media that always reflects you, you miss out on a lot. Case in point, the X-Men. We always say they're standing for the civil rights movement and marginalized people and this and that and the third, but we always see these conventionally attractive, cisgendered, heterosexual, usually white people. That's changing now, but to say that five white people from the 60s are standing for the, the trials and tribulations of black people in the civil rights era, you have to meet people where they are. I get that they were created back then, but it's like, do you honestly think that I'm supposed to look at Jean Grey and be like, oh, she knows the struggle, you know what I'm saying? Now, with all that in mind, there have been countless stories, countless subtext, count, countless imagery, countless wording that has been put into comics over the decades. Where if you are a cisgendered heterosexual person, and that is the life you lead, and you're not in certain communities, you're just seeing an entertaining comic. Whereas with a lot of people who are part of those marginalized communities are able to recognize the cues. People are able to see maybe the haircut that they've given Rachel, maybe the way in which they have Kitty Pryde with her problematic ass <laughs> saying certain things about the, the look or her affection or attraction to certain women characters. Like there's, there's stuff there that has always been there, but you can't take your experience as the be-all end-all because you are this person of, of a dominant majority lived-in experience there are case in point case in point <laughs> yeah I, I think i'm a lawyer y'all but if you look at and i shared this years ago maybe three four years ago the show on netflix with justice and God, the guy who played Miles Morales in Into the Spider-Verse, the, um, fuck, he plays Shaolin Fantastic, oh, y'all know what I'm talking about, uh, it'll come to me, either way, there is, Mylene is the girl, uh, Justice, I forget his character's name, but he's her love interest, and then you have Shaolin Fantastic, who is the kind of rough street kid who helps these other kids get into this, like, hip-hop, party throwing slightly drug it's this whole period piece within watching this show there is a kind of sort of love triangle that appears to me to everyone who i've um mentioned this love triangle to who is heterosexual they're like oh i don't see it and what's frustrating to me is that all of the elements of a conventional love triangle are there and everything, even the girl, Mylene, in the story calls out Shaolin, like, get your own boyfriend. Like, she says something to that effect maybe once or twice. And it's like, even that, the fact that you have this particular lived-in experience, you see that as her just throwing an insult at him. And it's like, no, it's not, oh, the joke is he's gay. It's like, no, motherfucker, you acting like my man, me being Mylene, is your man, Shaolin. Like, we don't share a boyfriend. And it's like, the fact that people don't get that, and I got so much pushback, was so weird to me. And not to spoil too much, because even though it's an older series, you might want to get into it. Um, but that was a... That was a love story. You can't tell me any different. And um, 
Justice has since then come out as, I believe, as queer or as gay. I think he has a boyfriend. He's done a bunch of other roles that his character has been queer. Not to say that that is informed the decisions in the show, but, like, you can't deny it. Um, The Get Down. Good Lord, it's The Get Down. I don't know why I lost it that quick. But, yes, The Get Down... That was a fucking love triangle. So I say all that to say that when these characters, these random characters pop up as gay, queer, pan, trans, bi, whatever, just how about you not get upset? Like, I mean, voice your opinion. You have every right to. If you mad, say that, be upset, angry, or whatever. But, like, what is it going to, to solve? And also having other people represented does not take your shine away like how many people and this is not me being snarky to say me being sarcastic because again i'm not as well versed with uh the robins in the batman universe but how many people are diehard tim drake fans like he has to be this one certain way because i when i hear about robins he's not the one that comes to mind where to me and again i'm not well versed in the robins so listeners let me know um let me know if if it's like this is terrible. Tim Drake is um is gay. He shouldn't be gay because I always hear Dick Grayson and Jason Todd, uh, Damian Wayne now more so because he's now the new Robin. But yeah, that's all the time I want to spend on that, which was a little bit too much. But please give me your feedback. Let me know what you think and how you feel about this Tim Drake being queer, being part of the LGBTQAI plus community (laughs) so staying with dc misha green and journey smollett my god i am such a fan of misha green and it's so funny okay because okay (laughs) as a kid i consume media i consume books i consume you know movies tv whatever and i've always just enjoyed what i've watched and that's been that it wasn't until i got a little bit older where i started looking at creative teams like who's the writer who's the artist who's the director who's you know the executive producer and whatnot and i'm still getting familiar with a lot of these names and getting familiar with um or getting used to putting a lot of attention on the creative team on the back end versus just the actors who you see on screen. And Misha Green, since watching Lovecraft Country, and not even just Lovecraft Country, but also her interactions online, have really made me fall for her. Um, so releasing certain scripts, like I have every single script um, for every episode of the first season of Lovecraft Country. She, you know, went ahead and released that. She released some of the images of images and I'm, I'm going to assume plans for what they had for seasons two and beyond had they have been greenlit for a second, third and fourth season and whatnot. And I loved it. Now, I don't know if she's responsible for the entirety of that, but she is the face of that. I haven't seen other people associated with Lovecraft Country releasing the information that she has. So I'm focusing on her. That being said, Journey Smollett's um, Black Canary from Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey is supposed to get her own movie. And Misha Green is is the showrunner, writer, like she is the HBIC. And I am over the moon. Like, Black Canary is not a character who I... excuse me, have a lot of, like, love and affection for, I don't hate the character, but, like, I didn't grow up 
with her. I've seen her on, you know, Justice League, the animated series and whatnot, but she was never one that just I latched on to. Um, but I did like Journey Smollett. I just like her, period, or Big itself. And seeing her as Black Canary and having Misha Green associated with this project makes me hopeful for what we're going to get. Um, there were some people fan casting like their Oliver McQueen. Is it Oliver McQueen or Oliver Queen? Green Arrow, hell. Uh, fan casting their Green Arrow. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like, this is what comics are all about. And again, you have the people upset because she's race been, but I'm like, it's been this way since Harley Quinn. Like, I, what is, again, what is the frustration? Like, what is, I don't know. I don't know, whatever. But I'm very excited for this. I don't know when this project is supposed to start filming or when it is supposed to release but the fact that they're both connected and it's it's at this point at the time of this recording it's scheduled on the books to happen like all is scheduled for them to go through with it i'm excited um any black canary fans out there if you guys even if you're not excited like if you're like this is the worst thing in the world i mean let me know because i'm opinion is opinion some opinions can be wrong sure but i would like to know what you guys think and are you even excited for this do you think that this is necessary do you think that no this ain't necessary we don't need that shit (laughs) you know what do you what do you think what are your thoughts on misha and journey in this journey to give us black canary Okay, let's see. Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi. I'm not entirely certain how to pronounce the name because everything associated with Marvel says Shang-Chi. There's the guy I saw on TikTok. There was a video where he was discussing Shang-Chi before, like when the trailer dropped. And there were people in the comments saying, you're saying it wrong because he pronounced it Shang-Chi. And... He made a follow-up video. You know, TikTok's only like a few seconds to a minute. I think they've added time to do two minutes, but this was a relatively short video. But what he was saying is that he has spoken to um, several people in... Oh, Jesus, help me out. He was spoke to several people who are of the same ethnic background as Shang-Chi, and they said it's pronounced Shang-Chi. And... It was also confirmed somewhere else. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's very, if this is correct, which I assume it is, because these were people who I don't have that lived in experience, I don't know. Um, but they kept saying it was Shang-Chi. And I'm like, if that's the case, why in the fuck is Marvel saying Shang-Chi? Like, how do you, I, I, <clears throat> off of that alone, I want to watch the movie just to see how the actors pronounce it. But it's like, if it's Shang-Chi and not Shang-Chi, even if it's spelled the way Americans would pronounce Shang, why in the hell would you say Shang-Chi? So, I don't know. Y'all let me know if, um, what's correct? Is it Shang-Chi or Shang-Chi? And I'll alternate between the two because I don't know what's right, but I'm, I'm liable to go with the folks who have grown up in this community and they know <laughs> how the hell to say the words that are uh, signature to their uh, lived-in experience and community. But with Shang-Chi slash Shang-Chi, they're, oh my God, this, let me tell you, nerds are going to nerd and they're going to get on your damn nerves. <laughs> I plan on watching this movie. At the time of this recording, I have not seen it. I 
thought it would have been released on Disney Plus like how Black Widow was. It's not because I would have rather paid to get on Disney Plus, watch it on my big screen TV, and just consume it that way. This is a movie that I think I would want to see in theaters, much like with Doctor Strange or with Endgame and with Black Panther. Movies that have a have big set pieces and like big graphics and whatnot, I would like to see in a theater. I can watch anything from my phone or from my TV and be fine, but certain movies that have a lot of moving parts, a lot of action, and a lot of these big, beautiful CGI special effects, I would like to see in theaters. However, we are still in a Penny Prowl, in a Panasonic, in a Panoramic. Um, so I'm not in a rush. Uh, if I could find the right theater and go at the right time where it's like me and maybe 12 other people in this big-ass theater, ah! for sure and i'm still trying to figure out how i feel about going to a theater and if shang slash shang chi is something a movie that i want to that i want to go to the theater to see um but either way i i I think that this movie deserves you know eyes on it now aquafina's in it i'm not a fan of aquafina uh for reasons very much her anti-blackness but when it comes to Shang-Chi, the, people were, nerds were, putting this kind of threat onto black people, pretty much saying, y'all better show up and show out for this movie like you did for Black Panther. As if, one, we're not in a Panasonic, two, Black Panther wasn't three plus years ago, three years, yeah, yeah, three years ago. And three, we had gotten nothing like this. It's not on us, black people, to go out, show up, and show out for this movie, which is something that we're going to do. Black people love movies. But there's no, the conversation around it being, y'all better show up and show out, that's not directed towards white people. And you're specifically saying, Black Panther, you ain't say show up and show up like you did Endgame, like you did Infinity War, like you did Civil War. You're not mentioning these movies. You're mentioning the one that is a predominantly, completely 99.9% black cast. That, oh my God, I tell you, I'm like, nerds, y'all really get off on being fucking terrible. Um, If people don't want to see this movie, they don't got to see this goddamn movie. However, it looks good. And all of the, well, the majority of the reviews I've seen have been good. I've seen certain people who maybe got an early screening and they loved it. People who got an invite a little bit later. I've seen people who've gone to theaters, you know, just once it was like released. Why? Like I've seen countless tweets where people are praising this movie. And I have a little bit of FOMO. I didn't go hold you because I do want to see it. But it's like. Y'all fucking relax. The onus is not on black people to carry the burden and the load. Like, there's a whole fucking Asian community that you could be speaking to. There's a whole community of white folks who are the majority as far as numbers are concerned, who are also nerds who you could be speaking to. Like, to talk down on black folks about this goddamn movie, it's like, don't tarnish the the feel or the... the lord aesthetic the vibe for lack of a better term of this movie we're trying to pit these poc communities against each other the movie looks good i hope people see the movie i will eventually i hope see this goddamn movie but like all that conversation surrounding it was so weird to me um there is a oh man there is a twitter account is it nurse poc jesus christ i forget their handle but it is i believe it is run by an asian guy 
And he did what people did during Black Panther. And I'm not saying this to compare the two, but I'm saying it to like bring up what the the action like this man put actions behind what he wanted, where he um, raised money. I want to say through a Kickstarter to get tickets for all of these children so that they could see Shang Chi slash Shang Chi. They were to see the movie. I think. All of them maybe got a comic, and then some of them maybe got a Funko Pop character. I'm so mad I lost the tweet. I bookmarked it, but you know how Twitter is. Um, nerds, nerds of color, I believe. Let me see. Okay. Um, geez, I'm sorry, guys, I can't find it. If I can locate the tweet, um, while editing, I will definitely add it to the show notes. But what they did was went ahead and got, you know, those tickets for those kids. And I'm like, that's damn good. Like, I know there is a bunch of fucking Asian kids who are over the moon excited to see this goddamn movie. Me, as a grown-ass black adult, I'm excited for this movie just to... Some of the fight scenes that I've seen, this is like, damn, like, I want to see this. Um, so all that being said, I'm excited for them. I'm glad they were able to have that experience. And I like that people are going out making sure that this movie that represents a community that hasn't uh, been portrayed in the best light are able to, uh, is able to be consumed by the kids who are in this same community. Though it, it's also frustrating that we have to do this shit when like why aren't studios doing this on their own like how good would it have been if marvel had of found a way to at the very least in the major cities new york um atlanta dallas uh detroit uh new orleans went and made sure that they found kids in this particular community and made sure that they had this VIP treatment, at least for one of the showings. Like, you're not losing money and you're getting goodwill with the audience. Like, is that am I, is that too controversial? Is that too out there? You know, let me know. I'm happy that this happened for both Black Panther and for Shang Shang-Chi, but people shouldn't have to do this. I mean, I'm happy they did, and I'm sure the kids are happy, but goddamn, these communities could have did this shit. Communities. These studios could have done this shit. Um, yeah, so... Lastly, on our headlines, the 4400 is a show that is coming back for a reboot. I cannot wait to watch it, too. You know we're going to be on the show, reporting live from CBN Radio. Hey! (laughs) So the 4400 is a science fiction show that came out in the, I believe, early 2000s. Um, me and my co-host, Robert K. Jeffrey, we have a review show over the first series. And we are up to season three. At the time of this recording, I believe episode season three, episode seven will be live. It's either before or after this episode. Please check that out. So me and Robert have been doing this for quite some time, like a few years. And we're close to the last available season because I think they ended on four seasons. And then... Robert said there was two books that came out that were in the same universe that was kind of like a season five uh, prose books. All that being said, me and him are reviewing. Uh, we have a show called A Light in the Sky, a 4400 review show. But in the midst of us reviewing this, there has been 
news were that we're going to get a reboot. Now, what I love about the 4400 is it's very much a type of X-Men story in the sense that you have a lot of... Here we go. Let me give you the story. 4,400 people were abducted from different points in time, and they were returned to the same space in Seattle in, I believe it was 2002 or 2003 that the show came out. So let's just say 2002 America in Seattle. These people, some of them have certain abilities. Some of them can do like little X-Men stuff. They can control, you know, objects with their minds. Some people can heal people. Some people can start fires, etc., etc., etc. This show is so good. It's dated, yes. So if you watch it, you you are going to get uh, wardrobe and some stories that are a bit dated. It's very much a, like, circa 9-11 type of show there's a there's a lot there and with that show with me and robert going through the series it's been good but it hasn't been without its faults and a lot of the faults comes down to the way poc are handled and it's not that it's so negative like you know they called a black person the n-word and punched them and you know one asian guy was um you know called you know the yellow skin or whatever like it was not anything like that but you can tell that it is a product of its time though it is a bit more progressive than other shows all of that being said with this new reboot it looks as if we're focusing on four black people who were abducted from time and then brought back. Now, that being said, I don't have a whole lot of information on it. Like, I don't know if they're part of the original 4400, if they're if we're in the same exact timeline. I don't know if we are um, a, a part of the 4400 from before, but brought earlier, later in time. Like, I don't know those specifics. Those will be discussed. Because me and Robert will be um, doing our 4400 review on the new reboot series that comes on on October 25th on the CW. Uh, please make sure to tune in, uh, get on Twitter. At this point, use the hashtag AL4400, but it might be a different one for the reboot because I want to make this a conversation. You know how we do over here at Carefree Black nerd podcast y'all already know what it is so i'm so excited for this show all these and these black people are black i don't see no racially ambiguous i see 4c hair i see black dark skin i see jackson five nostrils i see black features on these black ass people and that coming from a cw show not to say CW doesn't have black people, but y'all already know. We got our tokens and our racially ambiguous. And to see black women who look like black women, ah, chef's kiss. I cannot freaking wait. Um, Yeah, I'm going to cut that there. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so we're going to take a little break and be back with some comics news or comics reviews. <laughs> Magneto, thank you for agreeing to meet with me. Well, I don't think we'll ever agree on anything, Charles, but I'm always happy to sit as friends. What did you want to see me about? Well, um, how to put it, you're fired. What? This isn't, um, working for me. 
You're not my boss. You cannot fire me. And yet I just did. I just can't have such a lame arch enemy. I'm just so tired of hearing you whine about mutants are the future. Mutants are the future. Look at this one. He's got webbed toes. Shouldn't he be president? You're beginning to try my patience, Charles. Oh, right. Your lame powers. Look out, everyone. Magneto is attacking us with rudimentary science. You should fear me, Charles. Oh, I do. I don't stand a chance against you. In a third grade science fair, you're dumb. You're the mutant equivalent of a baking soda volcano. You're dumb! Piping hot comeback, Magnet Man. Well, what's so cool about you anyway? Ah, uh, my unprecedented psychic ability. Oh, right. I forgot, you're a psychic. What's your 900 number again? Clever. Almost as clever as your name, Magneto. I mean, I use the power of my mind. Should I be Mindo? Yes, but one thing you may not have noticed is Nito is in there, like Nito. People like that. You're telling me that people like that the word Nito is hidden in your name? Yes, of course. Anyway, it's better than your name. Professor X? Yeah, it's a job followed by a letter. Oh, behold my power, I'm children's dentist N. If I were a children's dentist named Ned, I would go by that. You're bald also. Oh, you, you want to make fun of heads wearing that helmet? This helmet is ingenious. It prevents you from reading my thoughts. And does the cape do that as well? Or do you just like looking like a live-action role-playing nerd? Well, would you prefer that I wear a men's warehouse-style suit? You look like a college basketball coach standing on the sidelines. Or in your case, sitting. Oh! Ring the bell! Somebody made a wheelchair joke. Boom! You think I need to be in this chair? I can levitate a goddamn aircraft carrier with the power of my mind. I could certainly float myself up like you do, but I don't feel the need to advertise my powers like a desperate-for-attention magnetic David Blaine. You look like a giant bald baby. You look like a teenage girl's tube of lip balm. You look like Mr. Clean at a job interview. You look like a tool that tells us the gender of a fetus. You look like a white Steve Harvey. Ouch. Burn. You're quite gifted with words, Max. Yeah. Is that how you managed to recruit such a impressive brotherhood of mutants? Good group. What do you got, a toad and a fat guy? Do you want to talk about teams? Let's talk about teams. You have a guy whose skeleton is made of metal. The one thing that I control. Oh, I, I fired Wolverine's ass. He's worthless. Oh, for real? Yes, I, he's a piece of garbage and I tossed him. Well, then we finally agree on something. You know who you should fire? Who's that? Your stylist. You look like a Trojan warrior who's real into Madonna. Oh, okay, I see how it is. If you're psychic, what am I thinking now? Oh. So getting right into... <laughs> so yeah, uh, the last pool week that I've read included Way of X, issue number five, The Trial of Magneto, issue number one, Marauders, issue 23, and X-Corp, issue number, I believe this is four. Let me start with X-Corp. I am not enjoying this series. X-Corp is boring as hell to me. Um... I like that they're trying different things, and I do like that this title exists because, like, first of all, end it and then bring it back later when you have something a bit more interesting. I can't get into this. I don't, you know, from Monet looking like a white woman or a racially ambiguous woman to, like, I don't know. Maybe the artwork is not terrible or anything. It's just I'm not, 
I don't know. I just feel like this show, this show, this book is not hitting for me. And I'm going to revisit it later and maybe see if like if I read a bunch of issues at once. But I'm not I'm not really feeling that. So let's just throw that away. Way of X. So I've <laughs> let me tell you about what I've been doing. I told you guys I was behind on my Dawn of X, my X-Men titles to the point where I saw the solicit for Way of X issue number five. And then I went into my comic book shop and I got issues one through four. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think I have this on my list. Also, my comic book guy is so fucking weird. He adds in comics that I don't have on my list. And then I told him way at the start of Dawn of X, I was like, hey, I want every X title just to realize that I didn't have any Hellions. So when people were discussing Hellions and I was like, oh, people on Twitter, X Twitter, I was like, what? Why am I not, why is this not registering with me? Because he never put the shit on my list. And yeah, I'm behind, so that's on me. However, I asked for every single thing in Dawn of X. And like, how do you, whatever. Uh, and no, it ain't no whatever. So you don't give me Hellions, but you'll put random shit in my pool and be like, oh, I think you like this. Oh no, sis, I would like what I fucking asked you for, but whatever. Um, so Way of X Issue number five was pretty good. There's Onslaught on the cover with Nightcrawler. And what I'm starting to notice from some of these titles is that sometimes the cover has, like, I want to say nothing to do with the interior of the book, but sometimes, like, on New Mutants 23, I think, it was like that cover didn't match the interior at all. Like, it was a fight, a fight scene, but the people on the cover were not the ones fighting in the book. Like, the people on the cover didn't even share panels until, like, the end of the book. I was like, what, what is this? So, with Way of X, um, there's a mutant named Lost. And it looks like she has this, like, Mr. Fantastic type ability. Uh, this black woman. And she and Nightcrawler and Fabian Cortez are, like... On the moon, uh, they're fighting each other. She's mad at him because some shit that he did. And Nightcrawler's trying to get them to be friends again. And with the resurrection protocols, like a, a certain bit of the lost person or the resurrected person, their psyche is 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 adding to the um, manifestation of Onslaught or whatever. It's a whole thing. But the thing I want to focus on, and you guys let me know if I am incorrect, but Fabian killed Lost parents, right? So they're they're falling, they being Fabian, Lost, and Nightcrawler from the sky down to Mars. And what's saying, Fabian says, Lost, I, I'm twisted up inside. I need help. I know that. Nightcrawler says, a good start. Lost, perhaps you will tell him what his actions have cost you. Lost says, my parents, when you killed, well, when they died, I was taken in by an organization. They did things to me. And then, you know, Onslaught comes in and attacks. So I'm I'm probably not the best person to give critique on this right now. I need to read issues one through four. But it very much sounds like his actions are caused her parents to be killed. Like I'm not I don't I'm not I don't have to forgive you for that. And it felt it just felt weird. So you guys let me know. Those of you who have read the Way of X title and are caught up, let me know what you think. I'm going to leave that alone until I can revisit 1 through 4 because I was not happy with that whatsoever. What I was happy with was Storm. This motherfucker is bad. This new outfit they have for her with these like golden 
I don't know, football, <laughs> shield things. Like, I fucking love this. Um, and her hair always looks like a giant cloud, like a giant cumulus cloud. It never... And my issue with Storm has always been she is just a white woman that y'all put brown skin on by her blue eyes and long, straight white hair and whatnot. But this look works for her um, with this looking so cloud-like. Like, I'm good. And then it being white, it just makes more sense to me. But her, oh, being the queen of soul. Oh, my God. I just I love me some Storm. Um, but the artwork in this book was freaking phenomenal. Um, we have Xavier talking to Legion, trying to get some shit taken care of. We have Emma Frost popping up because she's in every goddamn thing now. All in all, this issue, um, I'm going to assume was really good. Uh, and I say that because I haven't read one through four. And it feels like a, a nice button-up ending to the events of one through four. Um, there's a incident, incident, Lord, words. There's something that happens at the end of this book. Um, in the last few panels where I'm sure this is going to pop up again is between Fabian and Nightcrawler when he goes and pretty much sacrifices himself to save Mars. And yeah, this, this is pretty good. Um, but it's not something that I feel like I would go out of my way to read. Uh, they say that this will be continued in X-Men, the onslaught revelation, which I'm assuming is another big event that's coming up. Cool. That's out the way. Um, Marauders. Marauders is interesting. So we know that Emma Frost and the Hellfire Trading Company has like the pharmaceuticals, the black market pharmaceuticals that she's been selling or they've been selling. Uh, this picks up right after the Hellfire Gala, which let me interject. I released a mixtape or a playlist of the Hellfire Gala called one night in hellfire one night of hellfire it is on spotify y'all check that out i will link that in the show notes because i need y'all to listen to my after party from the hellfire gala i feel like i did what the fuck i needed to do and i think i did it well (laughs) so y'all please listen to it i'll leave the link in the show notes and tweet me and let me know what your thoughts are on the playlist. Like, was it good? Was it bad? What was your favorite track? Do you think it was cohesive? I'd like to get some feedback because I'm thinking I'm going to start releasing at least one playlist every quarter. And if that Hellfire Gala one was, you know what I'm saying, one night of Hellfire, if I did that, and you like that I did that, and you want more of what I didn't did that, <laughs> then let me know. Um, so Banshee uh, goes through a Krakoan portal and you know finds all the people that's still in these pharmaceuticals i do like the artwork in this issue as well i tweeted about this in my review of marauders that this book this title out of all the titles with this artwork is the one that feels more in line or lends itself most to a animated series another thing i mentioned is that with this new dawn of x i don't understand why there are not three x-men animated series running right now i get that you want to bring the mutants into the mcu so like sure but like there is enough stories that have happened from the acquisition of fox's x-men up until um house of x powers of 10 where there could be something now there may be something that works i don't know Um, I know online I have championed the idea of a Generation X 
animated series because if we don't get live action because again i don't know what way the mcu is going to go about releasing and introducing mutants but at the very least there should be an animated new mutants and an animated generation x like there's no reason why those two shows do not exist and if you have to tie them together through the guthrie family sam cannonball and Paige husk then do that but there's no reason why especially when shows like invincible are out there like that artwork again i feel like it really lends itself to a generation x story and especially even with new mutants like whatever whatever that's neither here nor there but i feel like with the nature of these kids powers is very much body horror and it's a period piece like set it in the 90s you don't have to update it and make it contemporary for now Generation X is a 90s book. It is a period piece through and through. Like, please. But I digress because I've been rambling for days. But seeing Banshee and White Queen in this and giving me those old Generation X feels, pretty much somebody breaks into one of the Hellfire um, fat, um, warehouses that houses the drugs. And Emma, uh, Jumbo, um, Kitty Pride and tempo show up jumbo i was not introduced to him when he first uh, came into comics he's a big massive bald white guy who i'm assuming is queer coded if they haven't explicitly said he was gay and he has four arms like the dude from um mortal kombat and he's really into fashion like i think he designed a lot of I think he's like Emma's personal design. I really am behind you guys. I have to go get caught up. But this motherfucker, I've never seen him in battle. And I never thought that he was like a weak character, but I never thought of him from the times I've seen him in the Dawn of X. I have not thought of him in battle. Who? When I tell you this motherfucker, he was whooping ass in this comic. Like, they did that. Emma is drawn in a way that looks like Mariah Carey to me. Like, there is one panel in particular where she just looks like Mariah Carey. And I'm like, this ain't no white woman. Who is this biracial queen? <laughs> oh, man, she looks like Mariah Carey to me. Um, Yeah, all in all, this also was a pretty good book. I didn't like that the title of this issue uh, was, what is it, Time for Tempo? But tempo wasn't featured well she was in here but not a lot i don't know it just felt like a weird like a weird title for someone who wasn't featured a lot or as much as some of the others and then there's like a b plot about this a step for cuckoos and then some little blonde girl i remember her but i don't remember she was like part of that kid group that like was about to take down the Marauders or whatever. I don't know. Uh, Will hmm, Wilhelmina Kensington, I think. Either way, it's a story about her and uh, her being abused and getting back at her abuser and whatnot, which is, you know, really good. But again, that is a story that I need to get caught up on. And finally, the trial of Magneto. So after or at the um, Hellfire Gala, Scarlet Witch was murdered. Now I guess they're trying to figure out if we're going to resurrect her as a mutant or what. You got a bunch of fucking X-teams on the roster that are solving it this is pretty much your police procedural you're very much law and order there was a murder you got your team that's investigating you got your forensic team and i like this i like this idea and i like this way of using their powers like 
X-Men have always been like fighting for the good of mankind and fighting for a world that hates and fears them and blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't want to just see your powers in battle. I want to see you doing other things and solving this murder is a damn good one. Like, this is a good way to take these people's powers and be more creative with them. Um, more than just let me use my power to whoop your ass. And I love that. Magneto is going off the rails. He is acting a fool at the Quiet Council. Uh, everybody is, you know, telling him, like, nigga, you up in arms. Sound like you got something to hide. Pretty much alluding to the fact that he probably killed his daughter. Uh, or killed the Scarlet Witch, because I don't know in this continuity if she's not his daughter or what. And one thing, well, I ain't, ain't going to touch on that. So Polaris and the X-Men are like watching over this forensic autopsy, whatever. And it pretty much comes out that Wanda was murdered by somebody using magnetism. And I'm like, that feels so weird and so cheap like sure magneto could have possibly killed her but like why would he use magnetism and why would he use it in a way that could be traced like that feels uh, feels lazy and i'm like man polaris how we know you didn't kill her like you got the same powers motherfucker so she asked for the x-men to give her like a five minute head start to go talk to her dad they don't do that (laughs) so they get the fighting uh, you got the Wolverines fighting, you got, uh, what did Magneto say, because that motherfucker was disrespectful as hell, um, what did he say, him and players going at it, and he says, uh, cease this foolishness, daughter, she said, is that what you told Wanda, he said, you know, you asked me once, how I would describe your personality, and assume that I had no answer, when I was merely biting my tongue. I now believe it was an error on my part to spare your feelings at the cost of your grasp on reality. Because if you were to ask me again, I would tell you the truth. You so desperately lack an understanding of that you are unhinged and inconsistent at your best. Like, first of all, sir, kindly relax. <laughs> like, you are you are abusive, sir. And he throws some shit at her. She defends herself. And she says, how many women is it now? You once claimed to love, who all perished during your brief window of affection and attention. You leave a trail of dead wives and dead daughters behind in your wake. Like, ooh. Lorna said, no, nigga. You talk your shit, I'm going to talk mine, too. And this is one of those scenes where I know I say it a lot. I want to see this on screen. But this, cinematically, I would love to see these two going at it in this very scene. Woo. Same dialogue and all. So they throw Wolverine, Lorna. Lorna, Jesus Christ, Laura Kenny, to do the fastball special. They also throw uh, Wolverine Logan. When I was reading this, I was like, why the fuck are y'all doing this? Like, why do you always throw these metal, blood, body, bones, having motherfuckers at a nigga who can control metal? So they do that, and then I'm sitting here getting mad. Like, you know, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? But the writers had, you know, a little bit more sense than me. (laughs) Uh, Because Sync linked up into uh, Lorna's powers. And Cyclops did his optic blast. And when the two Wolverines are fighting Magneto, they then get their ass handed to them. And then they throw in Dakin. And, you know, even though 
he still gets his ass beat. It's just such an interesting, like, series of events. I loved it. Um, then we find out that Wanda is actually not dead. She's in some sunken place. These few panels of her going through this transformation, like, fighting death or whatnot, it puts me in the mind of Bella Swan in Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 at the end when she's actually turned in the way that they show that in how do i say this in real life where edward is just biting her and putting the venom in her and trying to make her a vampire but her corpse is just laying there and then you see her internal struggle of her like organs and blood vessels and everything changing that's what this puts me in the mind of so you can say what you want about twilight is terrible blah blah this and the third but i would ask that those of you who haven't seen it or who aren't fans when you read these last couple pages watch that bella transformation scene i'm sure you can find it on youtube where it's just and that scene is maybe like three minutes long this is what this feels like to me like the blood and all that so i don't know you guys let me know what you think are you enjoying the trial of magneto are you enjoying the x-men so far um where are you in dawn of x are you are you caught up are you up to date um if you're not you know let's get this shit done together and then what are some moments or new characters who you just absolutely love um i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it i am behind but i am enjoying the the show (laughs) now a quick reminder that i do have a new series entitled smells like teen mutants it is the Carefree Black Nerd review over my favorite comic, Generation X. Um, at this time of this recording, we are still in the Phalanx Covenant. I think we'll be wrapping that up soon. Um, when this show goes up, Smells Like Teen Mutants would have come out a few days ago, that Monday. It's a show that comes out every Monday, Mutant Monday is what it is. Uh, please check that out. Give me your thoughts. I'm trying to have that be a little bit more like a separate entity there is actually a twitter account for that particular series and it's twitter it's s l t m pod smells like team mutants um i'll link that in the show notes as well you guys check that out please follow me there that is specifically x-men content specifically generation x that's where all of my mutant content is housed if you you know don't want to mix it in with all the other stuff on carefree black nerds twitter account but uh please check that out let me know what you think it is a passion project. I love that series. I've been kind of dragging my feet getting it out because it's like, oh, there's only a limited number of of issues. And once it's done, it's done. Um, another thing I do want to note is that even though I'm frustrated because I love that series and I feel like those characters aren't getting as much shine as they should, um i was able to consume a series that went up to 80 plus issues and when i look at the nature and the culture of comics now there are not a lot of series that are not like the main like batman superman spider-man x-men and whatnot that get 80 issues even with x-men i think the first run of x-men through dawn of x it was like soft rebooted to issue number one a couple months ago so i don't even think the first x-men run from dawn of x got up to 40 issues i don't think so whatever so that being said i love me some generation x uh follow me on twitter carefree blurred is the handle carefree black note on instagram and everywhere else 
Um, for those of you who like books, like prose books, I have another podcast, Reading, Writing, Rain. It is a uh, writer's journey podcast. I'll link that as well. It is just me going through the writing process, kind of documenting the outlining process, the writing, different books that I've read that I've enjoyed, prose books and whatnot. Uh, I might throw a little bit of comic stuff up in there, but it's really just like novels and whatnot. Um, hit me up, uh, carefreeblacknerd.gmail.com if you have a little bit more to say, you have some thoughts, comments, concerns, you want to send a voice memo or anything, do that. And, uh, you know, catch me back here. I don't know when we're going to get another The Pool. It might be next week. It might be next month. <laughs> I'm going to try to try to get a schedule. But, you know, all in all, I just like you guys to, um, well, one, thank you guys for listening. It's been a few years, like four or five years, six years, something like that. I don't know. I appreciate you all, all new listeners, long-time listeners, those of you in the future who found this from the past or whatnot. Thank you guys for listening. And um, until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and don't leave a trail of women and daughters in your wake of destruction. All right. What's up, what's up? This is Beyonce on the red carpet with one of the hottest female artists out here. Miss Aaliyah, how you doing, girl? It's so good to see you again. You too. She's just looking fabulous. What are you wearing tonight? I'm wearing Gucci. Gucci shoes, Gucci. Got a little Indian jewelry working. Oh, that is hot. Thank you. Now, you've been working it with these movies. Uh, Were you nervous? Very nervous, but I'm real happy. It's something I've wanted for a long time, so to finally make that transition, it's it's great. You're doing another movie this summer, right? Hopefully. Hopefully Hopefully. things work out. Everything will be rolling. That's great. What are you looking forward to seeing? Tonight? Tonight, yes. Um, I want to see D'Angelo perform. Girl, I'm with you because you, you know, know he's fine. He's fine. He's <laughs> hot. <laughs> All right, back to you, Cisco. Baby.